We are in the middle, we're actually concluding a service called Reach, Grow, Serve. Reach, Grow, Serve, the community for Christ is our vision, is our mission statement here at the church. And so we are laser focused on this, on reaching people for Christ, on growing as believers of Christ, and as serving our community for Christ. And so we are centering on the serve portion this morning. And so uh, as we prepare for that, let's turn in our Bibles to Romans chapter 12. You can also use a Bible app called YouVersion. You can even be my friend on YouVersion. I didn't know that was a thing, but apparently it is. You can tell or not if I've been reading the Bible or not, so you can like stalk your pastor's Bible reading if I'm being a, a good boy or not. Um, that's kind of awkward, but you can uh, if you would like. Um, I won't judge you if you don't judge me on that, okay? Doing the best I can. Um, but YouVersion, it's a free Bible app. You can download it right now. It's sitting in your seat if you, uh, if you want to. Any translation uh, that is out there is available free online. That's great. So anyway, also, if you need a Bible, you need your own, uh, there's paperback ones in the seats in front of you. Feel free to take one of those uh, if you do not have a Bible at home. If you have six at home, please don't take our Bibles. They uh, don't need to collect dust at your house with the other ones, okay? So let's just uh, be intentional about all of that. But if you need one, I'd love it if you take uh, one of ours. Serving people. This is the third portion of our mission statement. It doesn't make it the least important. It's just everything has to have some sort of order. But how do we serve our community for Christ? This is so incredibly important. Because as I think about what we do here at the church, what we do here in the community, how we conduct ourselves, how we love others, this sentence has been haunting me, has really been been thinking about for about a year now. But it's this, every action holds the potential for a divine appointment. I want you to say it with me. Every action holds the potential for a divine appointment. Every action holds the potential for a divine appointment. Every action holds the potential for a divine appointment. That means that whatever we're doing, whether as silly as it is, as inconsequential as we think it is, it holds the potential for a divine appointment. Whether it's raking the leaves in your yard, taking a walk around your neighborhood, checking out at Mariano's, it holds the potential for a divine appointment. I was playing a video game with uh, Mike Janulius this weekend. Just goofing around, being stupid. It's late at night. And one of our mutual friends that neither one of us have ever met in real life starts asking me theological questions. So in the middle of the night, playing a stupid video game, it's a complete waste of time, but I get to redeem it right here with this sentence. So <laughs> Kelly hates when this happens because then she's like, ah, oh, I guess it's a ministry. Right? Yes. <laughs> um... What happened is he starts asking me what my thoughts on abortion are. I mean, it's the lightest endeavor I could possibly be in. I'm playing a video game, and then all of a sudden it got real heavy, real quick. Then he starts asking me, what's my thoughts on Islam? And how does Jesus and Muhammad compare? Things got real, real quick. Jimmy was sitting at the kitchen table looking at me like, well, that's different. Uh... And it's amazing that 
playing a game with someone I've never actually met in real life, I get to have a deep personal interaction with. That every action that we have holds the potential for a divine appointment. Does that happen every time I play? No. Do I wish it did? Yes. I would be a way worse player if that happened all the time. Every action holds the potential for divine employment, as mundane, as silly as we think it is. Getting a cup of coffee, walking into Starbucks, every action holds the potential for divine appointment. And this, I think, is what Paul is trying to get into his, uh, the, the people who are reading Romans into their head. When he, he writes it, he's writing to the house churches of Rome. There's probably five or six churches that are meeting all throughout the city of Rome. At this time, Rome is the most powerful empire the world has ever seen in the most influential city the world has ever seen. And so Paul is writing a letter of how to conduct yourselves, a theological treatise, if you will, like this is the manual on how you're supposed to love God, how God loves you, how you can talk to other people about it. This is how you're supposed to be because you are in this unique time, at this unique place, with this unlimited potential that every action you take, Romans, holds the potential for divine appointments. And so he writes it with this thought process. And then I take from that, I go, wait a minute. I live in one of the most, I live in the the biggest empire the world has ever seen, most influential. I live in one of the most important influential cities in the most important empire the world has ever seen. With unlimited pinch. Every interaction we have here in Shorewood as a suburb of Chicago, holds the potential for divine appointments. We don't know who we can touch. We don't know who we can influence. We don't know what can happen. Think about it. The guys who are receiving this letter, they're probably all servants and slaves of senators, of really big-time merchants, of maybe the emperor himself. They all have these moments. If they conduct themselves in such a way that they can impact people that can influence the entirety of the known world, We have that same opportunity in our daily interactions. Every action that we take holds the potential for divine appointment. Serving is our greatest evangelism tool. Serving is our greatest evangelism tool. When we serve the community for Christ, we let them know what we're really about. When we serve our own church, We get to participate in the mission of God, serving as our greatest evangelism tool. The context of this letter, I'm going to show you some pictures of a church that this was actually sent to. Um, You can go ahead and put that picture up. This is a first century church. This is uh, San Clemente in Rome. This is a first century church, and then in the middle is the fourth century church, and on top of that is an 11th century church. So this is one of the coolest things. If you ever get to go to Italy, this I put it on there. It's on, not on Rick Steves' Guide to Europe. It's not on anything, Frommers, or nobody's never been there. But uh, I was sitting at a restaurant, and the Irish guy sitting next to me goes, you got to go to San Clemente. And I was like, well, if an Irish guy tells me i got to go to San Clemente, i got to go to San Clemente. So we went to San Clemente. It blew our minds because we got to walk. As you walk down, basically what happened is the 11th century church was built They were digging a new wine cellar. They broke through the floor in the ground, 
found an old church, and they're like, well, I wonder if we dig any more, what's going to happen? They dug through a little bit more and found a first century church. So the next picture is if there's any more up there. There should be. Yeah. So this is probably one of the worship centers uh, of, of this church down in this basement. Just think about it. You're, as you're standing in that room, you're going, this, the people that were in this room, the book of Romans, they were the Romans <laughs> that the book was written to. It's a very interesting, I mean, there's nothing like sac- especially sacred about the room, but it's just like this interesting feeling of, that was, what was here, was here. And at the time, why they're meeting in these rooms and why they're doing house churches and, and everything is Nero is the emperor. Now, he's not crazy Nero yet. He's just pre-crazy. He's just a little eccentric, right? He hasn't been burning Christians at the stake yet, but you kind of know something's coming, right? When someone's going to go off the wall, you're like, eh, eh. it's weird. So that's what's going on here. And Paul is writing to these people saying, this is how you should conduct yourselves as you serve the city of Rome to make the maximum impact in this empire that we are a part of. Romans 12, verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance to the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is encouraged, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, then do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. This is the attitude of service. This is how he's saying, okay, guys, if you are going to serve in this city, if you're going to serve in this moment, this is how you would do it. And it's the same action steps that we can glean and take from this ourselves. The first is this, be humble. Now, now this is kind of an oxymoron to me about being humble because these guys are probably already servants in the first place. Like, the aristocrats are not coming down and slumming it at San Clemente, right? They're not coming down into the market district and like, oh, yeah, let's hang out with these slaves. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. I'm going to hear. No, 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 no. You're already talking to the least of these. But, guys, the first piece of advice is be humble. And that stuck out to me. That no matter what faith, whatever gifts you've been given, that the first step in serving God fully is By being humble. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Second thing that pops out to me is serve in your sweet spot. Serve in your sweet spot. Verse five, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, And each member belongs to all others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance to your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraged, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. 
Serve in your sweet spot. We have a thing here called Grow. We do it. We used to do it every Wednesday night of the month. Now we're doing it in one day because we uh, figured out that kid, people with kids, it was a lot easier to have child care for one day than for four Wednesdays in a row. I have kids. I should have thought of that earlier. But uh, October, in October, uh, we will have a Grow One Day event, and it'll be from 10 to, 10 to 2. Lunch will be provided. And what we want to do for you is, part of that is, this is who the church is, this is how we're run, all the, the, the nitty-gritty of how Shoreward Church of God works. But then we move into how you are wired specifically for service in God's kingdom. And so we try to get you in your sweet spot and how to unleash you in that. So mark it on your calendars. It will be uh, advertised a lot here in the future about coming to grow, coming to grow. Serve in your sweet spot. And from there, we can take that, figure out where you are wired for, and place you in the best possible place. And if that one doesn't work, we find a new best possible place, and we do that. And we keep on at it until we find your sweet spot. See, for me, my sweet spot is high and inside. Right? Anybody play baseball? You know where your sweet spot is. You're like, come on, pitcher, put it right there. Put it right there. Please, pitcher. Oh, right? Come on. If it's that first pitch, you're not supposed to swing at it. Your coach is like, don't swing at the first pitch. It's high and inside. I'm swinging. I don't care. You do that high and inside to me, I'm going to turn on it, whack, hit it between the third baseman and the shortstop. Every time. That is where it's going to go. It might be a line drive. It might be a grounder. If it's high and inside, it's going to go right between there. If you ever play me in baseball, which you never will, and you're playing shortstop, just move over six feet, you will catch every single one of my hits. My son, he's got a different sweet spot. He's only six. He's only, he's only six for one more day, but he's only six. Ah. He's only six. You throw him high and inside, miss, 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 miss. You throw him low and outside, boom, your windows will be shattered. It's just what happens. It's, we all have different sweet spots, and, so, and they're different. Don't, we don't treat everybody exactly the same because if we do, guess what? You're going to be whiffing on those pitches where someone else might be hitting a home run. Serving works exactly the same way. I've asked some of you, I said, hey, well, what do you think about doing this? Or what, what would you teach that? Or would you stand up and do that? No, 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 no. Right? We don't have Chris Moore come up here and talk on stage because she has an anxiety attack if I just mention the word stage in a sentence, right? And she's like, please don't do that. Please don't do that. So guess what? She's back working with the kids today because she's gifted with that. You've got me back with the kids. That would be fun, but you'd have a lot of hyperactive kids when I release them back to you, right? <laughs> I, I, I treat kids like a wind-up doll. Go, right? And that's, that's what happens. So they put me out here to wind you all up. That's what, that's what happens. Serve in your sweet Spot. Third thing is serve as a team. He's, Paul is putting this in the scripture in Romans. Serve as a team. First four. Ju- for just as each of us has one body with many members, the members do not all have the same function. Serve as a team. It's beautiful when everything is working together all the time. It is beautiful, right? You know it when your body is not doing something it's supposed to do, right? When your knee hurts, walking is difficult. If your knee decided one day, I'm going to take the day off, that's going to be awkward, right? If your ears get plugged up, you get an infection in one. It's the weirdest thing, the weird, this weird feeling. You feel like you're in a tunnel. And it's awkward. If you get an eye infection, you can't see out of an eye. You know it. You can still operate. You're still alive, but you're not functioning fully. 
You're not doing everything that God created your body to be able to do. And sometimes, and all the time, when the church does not step up and serve in the way it's supposed to serve, it is not a body operating under fully optimum conditions. So we serve as a team. That doesn't mean everybody gets to be a tongue and everybody gets to be a head and everybody gets to be an arm, but we serve as a body. We all have different sweet spots. We all can take different actions. Every action leads, or every action holds the potential for a divine appointment. Romans 12, verse 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you and bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who replace, who rejoice, sorry. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people who are low position. Do not be conceited. This is the action step that Paul is writing Rome so they can have the most amount of influence on this hugely important city. It is the same advice, the same call that he gives his, the church today. This is how we conduct ourselves. And if we look at our lives and we look even the way we conduct ourselves in church, are we doing this? The first action step is love well. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Love well. We love certain people well. We love people we like well. Some of us don't even do that that well. Love well. How do we look different? This is a a community, a country, a time period that is starved for true love. For people who need to know that they are respected, that they're cared for. We can love them well, not with judgment and hate, but to reach out. What is he talking about? Don't, Don't be conceited. Don't think you're better than everybody else. Love well. Second action step is honor one another. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Honor one another. We have lost the art of honoring. We don't honor anybody. We don't honor a president. We don't honor our politicians. We don't honor, yeah, we don't honor anybody. Now you're like, they're not deserving honor. It's not what it said. Honor one another above yourselves. When we do this, when we put this in perspective, when we put it into practice, we're constantly lifting someone up. That's basically what honoring is. How do I help you? It's the anti-selfishness. By honoring someone. Maybe you could have got some of the spotlight, but instead you shed it to some, a coworker. You put it on a spouse. You shine the light on your child. Honor one another. Third, bless people. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. I want to bless the people I like. I want to bless the people who agree with me. 
I want to bless the people that I can get something from. What does 14 say? Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. These are people living under Nero, one of the craziest Roman emperors of all time. He is famous for burning down Rome and blaming it on the Christians. Right? Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud and be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. I'm struck by this idea of live in harmony with one another. I don't do harmony well. I do melody well. That's, that's what I do. I do, okay, let's, and I think our society likes to do melody because melody, nothing sticks out. Nothing is going crazy if I understand melody and harmony a little bit. But harmony does a different note. Harmony does, and it sounds beautiful, but it's like, wait, that doesn't really, wait a minute, that's not exactly the same. And as you watch Alexa and Isaiah sing a song up here today, they do a harmony that I, can, I can't even comprehend in, in my, what I would have tried to do is like, sing falsetto up and sing the same notes that Alexa. They were doing this. It was really funny earlier. Last names should be falsetto, not Feliciano, but hey. <laughs> but in the, in the beauty of the different, we get to see a, a bigger picture. And so you don't have to be exactly like me, and we don't have to agree on everything. And you don't have to operate exactly like me, and you don't have to do the things that I do. But as long as we are loving well and honoring one another and blessing people, we get to live in a gorgeous harmony. Do not be proud but willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. I think this is interesting because he's probably writing to pretty low position people. He's like, listen, if you get a promotion, don't, you go, don't think that you're all that in a bag of chips. Trying to pick which slang term to use there, Paul. I don't think that. Remember where you came from. Bless people. Every action that we take has the whole opportunity for a divine appointment. Every action, whether we are buying groceries for ourselves or buying groceries for someone else, whether we are pulling up to a stoplight, whether we're in a defensive driving class, whether we're eating sushi. Every action holds the potential for a divine appointment. Jimmy and I were playing golf just the other week. And we were sitting there, and we got paired with two other guys. And uh, that's usually like, oh, what's going on? What's going to happen here? And we, we, we paired with people like they are just, they are, uh, you know, the spirit animal of people that we know in Georgia. And they're exactly the same people. And it's so fun. We had a blast with these guys, but we didn't know what was going on. And so you should have seen their faces when I invited them to church. (laughs) But every action, they haven't come. I'm really hoping and praying that they would. But every action holds the potential for divine appointment, whether we're playing golf or delivering packages. Every action holds the potential for divine appointment. Until we start with that, this... I'm going to keep on repeating that sentence because it's got to get ingrained into our head until we open our brain to that every little mundane thing I do holds the potential for Christ to interact in their lives. 
everything. That we go and get so busy in our own stuff that we don't open our brains up enough to say, you know what, Jesus is trying to use me to speak to these people. And if you're like me, I'm praying, God, use me, 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 God, use me. And I'm not looking up enough to see how God's like, you could have been used there and you could have been used there. And you could, if you would get your head out of the sand and actually look around. God, why aren't you using me? Well, pick your eyes up. Every action holds the potential for divine appointment. Serving is about a mindset. And it's about opening our eyes to opportunity. It's about opening our eyes to an opportunity here in the church and here in our community. Serving with the right mindset is one of the greatest ways to grow in your walk with God. We have all kinds of serving opportunities here at the church. I'm very surprised we're not hearing the the kids this morning because today was graduation Sunday. We moved a bunch. We've moved like nine first graders into second grade, which means... We doubled the class size from downstairs. And they're being quiet. So if you have a second grader, a new second grader, good job. Uh, I don't care if they're quiet. If they're loud and raucous, that's awesome. They're having fun at church. <laughs> so I, I really, that's, uh, that's fine with me. But um, as we do that, as we move those, we're going to have all kinds of uh, different opportunities arise with our children as they move around in that. We, we have these different opportunities. We need more kids' workers. This is one of the most effective ministries in this church. It is a time in which we get to affect and show the love of Christ to our littlest ones. And we always need more team members in that area. If we had half of our church working in the kids' ministry, I would still be telling you we need more people to work in our kids' ministry because it's so important, so vital to the development of our kids and your development. You talk to Missy Fermenti about how much she's grown teaching kids Bible stories. Her Bible story knowledge has tripled in the time that she's been teaching little kids Bible stories. She's like, ah, oh, learning all kinds of stuff. And it's great. We can, there's all kinds of other ways. Block party next week. We need you to sign up and serve for next week. We're expecting a lot of people here. We need you to serve at the block party next week. The more people who sign up, to serve at the different stations out here, guess what? The shorter the time you have to be at that station is. So if we only have four people sign up for the stations, they got to be there all day. If we have 20 people sign up for those stations, you only got to be there a little bit of time. See how that works? It, it's nice. Okay. Second thing, uh, or third thing is well, clean team. We clean the church every week here at the church. We'd love for you to sign up. Maybe you're going, Jared, I don't want to be standing up in front of talking to people. I don't want to be with kids. They kind of creep me out a little bit. I, didn't, you know, I don't know what that is, but there's an opportunity. You can clean the church. It's a wonderful way you serve every single person, every single child, every single person that walks in those doors. You get to serve them without even having to talk to anybody. If you're a severe introvert, this is the thing for you, right? Uh, we, but all that comes down to is an attitude area. How do we change our attitude to, to realize that everything I do is the opportunity for a divine appointment? Whether it is vacuuming the floor, whether it is teaching the kids a <clears throat> biblical point, whether it is ushering, whether it is being on the worship team, every action holds a potential for a divine appointment here in the church as well as in our community. In our community, we have uh, Operation Christmas Child, which will be happening pretty soon, and a few other events uh, going on and uh, really the block party is our biggest reaching event of the year so please take time to be a part of that
attitudes and serving. How do I get my attitude right? A couple ways. First, if serving is about what you do, you will burn out. If serving is about what you do, you will burn out. Serving is about obeying Jesus, not showing God what you can do. If serving is about what you do, you will burn out. I've seen too many people do this. They got too excited about all the stuff they could do in trying to earn salvation or earn whatever. You know, I had these past sins. If I serve a bunch, I'm going to get like, that's going to be forgiven. It's already forgiven. You're not serving to burn away old sins. You're serving to be obedient to God. Second thing, if serving is a box to check off, it will always be filled with frustration. If you're just, I served, check, I made Jared happy today, you know, made God happy today, whatever that is for you, yeah, I just checked off my box. You will always be frustrated. You can't have that attitude. It's about obeying Jesus. If serving is about what you get out of it, you will never get enough. If serving is about what you get out of it, you will never get enough. What is serving about? Serving about is who you serve with your actions. It's about who you serve with obedience. Paul knows this as he sets up the Roman church, a church at the epicenter of the world with everything riding on it. This is the advice he gives them. Every action holds the potential for divine employment. So work together as a team. Love well. Honor each other. Serve in your sweet spot and bless people. Every action holds the, opportunity, holds the potential for a divine appointment. Today, I want you to look at yourself. Just take the time and pray through this. Think about it. How is my attitude in serving? Is it a box that I get to check off? Is it something that I get out of it? What? What is my attitude towards serving? Because it should be, how am I taking the opportunities and the gifts that God has given me to leverage them for God? Examine your actions in public. Jimmy was telling me today, he said, uh, I was reading something online and there was a question that said, uh, true or false, uh, when you're stuck at a stoplight, that is a perfect time to tell someone what they're doing wrong driving. I thought that was hilarious. Because we do, like, it's also a perfect opportunity to be kind, to honor, to love well, to show grace. You get to exemplify grace a lot while you're driving, right? Every action holds the potential for a divine appointment. Is your attitude of serving looking for opportunities to be a team member? Is your attitude of serving about what I get out of it or how do I help improve the body of Christ? Where are you? Where, what do you feel that you're being called to do? Come to Grow. We, we take a bunch of tests that help you figure out what your spiritual gifts are, what your, how you are wired by God, how you are uniquely, every person in this room is uniquely wired by God in a different way because you, you're a different part of the body of Christ that you can be affecting change in the kingdom of God. As we reach, as we grow, as we serve this community for Christ.
Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Lord, I ask you to be with us. I ask you to guide us. I ask you to empower us as we try to serve the best of our ability. And God, for us that come and sitting on the sidelines or we don't know what we can offer, that we would take the step of faith and say, God, I want to be used. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that, that means. I don't know where I can even be used. But God, I want to take the step to learn, to grow, and to serve you in and out of this church. And God, I ask for you to place a burden on our hearts, a burden on our minds that we just can't get away from, that, that you are calling us to be a part of the body of Christ. And God, that for right now and the people in this room, that they would know that they are special, that God has uniquely wired them for a purpose, that they're not here just to get through life, just to get by, but you have given them unique experiences, unique gifts, unique talents to speak love and truth into someone else's life. God, I thank you for your overwhelming grace. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you that I get to belong to the greatest team the world has ever seen. Lord, we love you. We praise your name. Amen.